0: Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, it's time for Charitable Georgia. Brought to you by Bees Charitable Pursuits and Resources. We put the fun in fundraising. For more information, go to Bees Charitable Pursuits dot com. That's B-E-E-S Charitable Pursuits dot com. Now, Here's your host Brian Pruitt.
1: Good fabulous Friday! It's another fabulous Friday, and it's uh, it's November, but it's been eighty degrees in the last several days. So I don't know what to think. And I wonder why people get sick in Georgia because the weather can't make its mind up. So we've got three fabulous guests this morning. So if this is your first time listening to Charitable Georgia, it's all about positively happening positive happenings in your community. And we're going to get started this morning with Carla Mayton from American Red Cross. So, Carla, welcome this morning.
0: Hey, good morning. Thanks for having me.
1: I always joke, I like to have people, and when they tell me where they're come, coming from, and I'm going to joke one day and see them get somebody from Macon, which I think I am getting somebody from Macon to come up to do the show, but you came from Dalton, so thanks for driving No
2: problem. down
1: here. So, um, I'm sure a lot of people know about the American Red Cross, and we'll get into that in just a second, but if you don't mind, share a little bit about, about your background and how you got involved.
0: Sure. So I um, come from a family of public safety, and of course this is where I sort of grew up in the world of uh, my career. So started with the 911 center in Whitfield County and uh, worked as a dispatcher for about 10 years and then moved on to an ambulance and worked for a couple of years there. Learned very quickly that that is a tough, tough job. (laughs) Um, But through my years in public safety, you know, we respond to emergencies and we Bring patients to hospitals and drop them off. And I found myself like, man, I wonder what happened with that family or with that patient. And, um, one one particular call, we took a a family, um, actually a a mother and her son to the hospital who'd been involved in a house fire. And, um, they, excuse me, they were, um, her husband actually had passed away in that fire and they did not have any working smoke alarms in that home. Mm. This happened in Chatsworth and uh, we, we delivered the family to the hospital. They were, um, they were okay. They had some injuries, but they were able to be released and they were just weighing on my heart. And, um, When I went back to the hospital, you know, on a different shift, uh, a couple of days later, the Red Cross was there, and they were meeting with her because she had nowhere to go. The hospital couldn't release her um, because she didn't have a home, and the son had just got there to pick her up, and they were, of course, devastated because of the loss of her husband, and um, the Red Cross was just hugging and consoling this lady as she was trying to figure out what her next steps would be. But that's exactly why they were there. It was, here are your next steps. Here's some funds. You can go get a hotel. You can get some clothes. She had nothing. And it just touched my heart. And so we, um, I, I just continued to monitor, what does the Red Cross do in this area? I never knew they responded to disasters. I was always correlating Red Cross with blood donations. And um, when I started learning more, and then they had a position open in in the disaster team, I jumped on it. And so I was hired about eight years ago and became manager of those disaster volunteers who would go out and meet with families. And that gave me that, um, that next step of working with families that I was missing when I was working in public safety. So now I still work. Uh, our teams do hand in hand with, with those fire departments and emergency managers and just delivering that next step of care to families when they're going through crisis. So that's what brought me to the Red Cross and, um, every day I learn to love it more. I just can't, um, I can't hardly explain what it is like to work in an organization where 90% of the people around you are volunteers. I mean, they, they choose to be there and they do it for the mission. And when you're, Working in a room full of mission driven people, it's just a different kind of atmosphere. So it's very fulfilling <laughs> to be here now.
1: Yeah. Well, you, it, it does take a special person. I was actually used to be a 911 dispatcher for the city of Kennesaw, and uh, I wasn't there very long, but you're right. It takes a special person. You got to have a uh, passion for the people, have a heart. The worst call I ever took was listening to a lady call and try to get help and having a stroke and died on the phone. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, yeah. And th- that can take a toll on people. So, mm-hmm. um, so. You had mentioned that you it's, there's different chapters of the Red Cross, and you're a Northwest Georgia. Share what that means when you're about Northwest Georgia and the chapters.
0: Okay, sure. We So I'm the executive director for Northwest Georgia, which means I get to advocate in our communities about what our services are, um, what those are. And no matter where you're at in the country, the Red Cross's services are aligned. You'll find that we... Um, we do blood collection. So we are the nation's largest blood collector. We deliver about 40% of the blood supply to the hospitals across the U.S. So that's one of our biggest programs, obviously. We have our disaster um, cycle services team. So it's not just responding to the large-scale disasters. House fires are the number one disaster we respond to. So this time of year especially, we're encouraging folks to take fire safety measures, listen to those tips your fire department's giving you, um, we have preparedness programs through that as well that will deliver free smoke alarms to families who need them. Uh, that is what will save a life if you have a house fire to get you out early. Um, and there's some really um, incredible YouTube videos on our on our Facebook page we shared recently of a demonstration we did with the Cab County Fire that showed just how quickly um, a bedroom catches on fire and and then is just completely engulfed. Uh, We we did that as a demonstration to show when the smoke alarm went off and the smoke was just starting. And then in less than a minute, you couldn't see the room anymore. It was just fire. So, so important to have working smoke alarms. So test those. If you don't have them, call any Red Cross office and we'll come put them in for free. Um, And then we have our training services, which is our CPR first aid courses you can take those online now covid brought that to us <laughs> we had to adapt and so we don't necessarily have to be in person to teach you those skills you can go online to teach to learn that uh, and then finally our service to armed forces um of course it's veterans day this weekend and or today and um tomorrow but tomorrow yeah, yeah. well year.
1: it is the marines birthday today so
0: yes okay <laughs> it <laughs> is friday right yeah. <laughs> so um service to armed forces is where the red cross was born we were we were uh, assisting military members in in civil war times so that's how we came about and uh, we just want to take this time to recognize those military families and the work we do with them every day.
1: Yes yes all the veterans out there we thank you for your service and those that are serving now so amen um, it's funny you were talking about the the fire in, in the bedroom and I've just recently read where why they tell you to keep your bedroom door closed when you sleep and mm-hmm. it's because of the fire which I didn't realize that. Right. Can you share about that? Do you know about that?
0: Yeah, when we do the smoke alarm installations, we do some fire safety education with the families as well, and that's one of the tips that that we will advise as, uh, as well. And it's um it's just that barrier. If the door is closed, it takes the fire longer to break that barrier to reach inside your bedroom. It's crazy. Again, YouTube will show you right. some some fires where a bedroom door has been closed and that bedroom looks untouched where the rest of the house can just be Wow. completely crisp so yeah incur- and we put smoke alarms inside your bedroom and then outside in like a common hallway is what we would recommend because we want you to shut that bedroom door so right. which side of it catches on fire you're you've got an alarm that'll signal you
1: right so um you talked about the different uh areas of and you say the northwest chapter can you share what what is the Northwest Chapter?
0: Sure. Um, our headquarters office is in Rome, Georgia. Um, so if you want to visit an actual office, we're there um, on Mondays and Thursdays. And then the rest of the, the time, we're serving in community. So um, our chapter services is uh, as far south as Bartow County, and we go as far east as Union County. And then kind of that triangle from Union down to to Polk County and all of the northwest corner of Georgia. Okay.
1: Um, And what is the biggest thing, I guess, for international? You guys still travel, you know, and do international disasters too?
0: We do. So the Red Cross, we are the American Red Cross, and just about any country you can think of, you can place, you can replace American with it. So, uh, each each well, there's over 192 countries across the, the world that have a Red Cross Crescent movement or, or installation within it. So each of our Red Cross operate under the same mission is to alleviate human suffering. So in some countries, you may see their services look a little bit different. Um, in Mexico, they run the ambulance service, uh, same, same in a few other countries. But, um, yeah, the Red Cross is worldwide, and, and when something catastrophic happens, war happens, the American Red Cross is part of that entire world movement. We'll, we'll, of course, support it in the way we we can best do so.
1: Well, you mentioned uh, being in the community and serving the community. And one of the things I love talking about on here is why is it important for people to be a part of the community? So why is it important for you to be part of the community?
0: For the Red Cross? For, uh,
1: you, for, for you and you personally.
0: Oh, gosh, yes. So. Um, you know, I'm in Dalton, Georgia, and and so that's where I call home, Um, but I feel like all of our Northwest Georgia communities I've I've, uh, became a part of just through my Red Cross work, so each community has its own challenges, has its own um, gaps to fill, if you will, and I love being part of this solution, so just attending those community meetings, learning what the, uh, what the, organizations that are in your area are coming together to focus on and strengthen people. Um, it's just humanitarian work at its best. And so, uh, I think it's, it's so important for anyone just to get to know your community and and see where you can fit, bring your unique skills to help strengthen your neighbor.
1: And that's so important because not everybody, everybody's different. God made everybody individual and we're all here together. So let's be part of the community together. So, um, we also talk on here a lot about the power of networking. Are you able to go out and do networking for the American Cross in your area?
0: Oh yeah, that's that's my favorite part of my job.
1: <laughs> so what? Do you have a positive story you can share about networking that you that you've encountered yourself?
0: Um, so we are one one of our big partners uh, are the United Ways that are across uh, Georgia in general, but in Northwest Georgia, United Way supports um, multiple. Uh, nonprofit agencies within the, within their specific communities. So um, very often we will go out with our our fellow um, agencies supported by United Way along with them to present to uh, corporations or others just to let them know what our services are and how United Way supports us. And we went to Shaw and there was a neighboring partner with me and we were talking to the Shaw group and they uh, were part of a men's homeless shelter. Uh, in Bartow County, and they brought one of their shelter um, residents with them just to share his story. And before we left, uh, the gentleman was talking about volunteering with the Red Cross, um, how he had a passion for the disaster work, but then um, the HR manager was in the room with us, and literally took him out of the room and gave him a job. So that was <laughs> that was pretty incredible to watch all those puzzle pieces come together. But it's just how networking works. Um, just getting out there and again knowing your neighbor and what your yep. what your challenges, and I've got something to help you with that. Right.
1: So. Well, we talked. Uh, well, it was on air, but uh mentioning how small the world is because you walked in the front door of the the building here and you knew the young lady at the front right which is kind of wild so <laughs> uh it's just kind of cool how small the world really is um all right so you talked about the different opportunities that you guys have to go out and serve are there ways for the community to come and help you guys serve and businesses helping you and if so how can they, what what are those opportunities
0: okay Um, We have, obviously, as I mentioned, nine out of ten of our folks with Red Cross are volunteers. So um, redcross.org is where you're going to find all of the opportunities to get involved, not just in volunteering, uh, which is what you can do, um, but also in where uh, local blood drives are. If you would like to work at a blood drive as an ambassador, welcoming folks to the to the drive, uh, or as a blood donor yourself, um, you can find where all of our blood drives are and sign up for an appointment at redcross.org. And then you can also go online, of course, redcross.org to uh, make a donation of any size to support our programs. Uh, We are fully funded by donations. So any, any dollar amount counts when it comes to that.
1: All right. Awesome. Well, you shared the website, but uh, if somebody's listening, maybe that's end up in your ear and wants to get a hold of you and and talk to you about any opportunities, how can they do that?
0: Um, Again, our uh, headquarters office is in Rome, Georgia. So um, just contacting our Rome office uh, is fine. Again, 800 Red Cross is our general phone number. So um, if you call that, you can get in touch with your local Red Cross, excuse me, and and you'll be able to uh, reach us there in Rome.
1: Awesome. I have one one more question for you because uh, I talked to a lot of different nonprofits on here and um, obviously you're one of the larger nonprofits around. um, But if somebody's thinking about getting involved and wanting to make their life work a nonprofit and maybe not starting a nonprofit, but going to work for one, what kind of advice can you share for somebody who wants to do that?
0: Um, I would share to find that that nonprofit that's mission really touches your heart. It's Really working for a nonprofit agency is a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. It's not a forty-hour day. I'm forty-hour week ever. Um, you do your work because you're passionate about it, and that's what makes the volunteers so special because they are so passionate about our mission. And as you explore different nonprofits' missions and values, um, you'll you'll start to be gravitated toward that one that matches or aligns with your personal values. So I would just say to um, really focus time on your what your mission is. If you're going to start a nonprofit, what is it you're most passionate about? Develop that mission and vision, and then and then stand behind that or let it lead your way.
1: Awesome. Yeah, we've had other folks talk about it on here too about if there's somebody already doing something that you want to do, go partner with them. Mm-hmm. You know that way because sometimes it can feel like it might be diluted. And, you know, and competing, competing, but that's really not the case. So, um, Carla, thanks for coming on and sharing a little bit of your story and about American Red Cross and what you guys do. Don't go, don't go anywhere. We're not done with it yet, but, uh, we're going to move over to, to Scotland Smith. I just like the name because it feels like the, it is like the, the country, but not spelled the same way, but you're with Love Travels Beyond Inc., which is a nonprofit out of Bartow County, Cartersville, correct?
2: Good morning. Yes, correct.
1: So you and I actually knew each other and over the, it's the first time we met in person, but we knew each other a few years ago because we actually had a magazine and we did a story on your organization, but um, we'll get into your organization in just a minute, but tell us about your background and why you do what you do.
2: So I am from a service background. I would say um, my dad, Donald Strickland, he has a homeless shelter in Cartersville, Georgia. So I've always known serving the homeless. I've always known like helping other people. So that was kind of instilled in me at a young age, um, I'm the youngest of six, first generational college graduate. So there were minor things that, you know, I struggled with growing up and I always wanted to fill that gap for other people and for younger girls in our community and beyond. So I would just say starting out again as a young girl, I I didn't have a choice then, but it was just instilled in me and I ran with it and I love serving my community. I love being a servant leader. I started my own free prom dress giveaway my junior year in high school. So I would just swap out dresses amongst friends if their families were struggling. I gave away all of my like prom dresses and my parents, you know, of course, being from a service background, they didn't have an issue with it and they encouraged it. So I hosted the first one at the Goodwill um, in Cartersville and we had about 20 girls come out. But now we host one of the largest free prom dress giveaways in Georgia. And then with my nonprofit, I actually made it a nonprofit When I was in college at the University of West Georgia, I just felt like there was gaps that needed to be met. I saw some students struggling and I really wanted to create an organization that was simply love filled. And we were just helping each other and we just wanted to give back. If one student was hungry, if one student needed gas money or whatever the case may be, we would have a basket of love at the front of our meetings and just pouring into each other and just sitting in a room, making vision boards and seeing where we wanted to be in life. And everybody didn't always have that support system. So we were that for each other, but now that's a successful 501 C three nonprofit. So we have the West Georgia chapter, and then we have the Bartow County chapter.
1: Awesome. So tell me about the name. How'd you come up with the name?
2: So originally it was love travels. And then we added beyond when I made it a 501 C three nonprofit But I just feel like love travels beyond our differences. I feel like love travels beyond our political differences, our race, our backgrounds. Love will always win. And love is so much more important than hate and all of the negative things that so easily take over the world.
1: Well, and that's important because, again, I've talked about this before on the show, but why can't you be a Democrat and Republican and be friends? Why can't you be black and be white and be friends? Why can't you be whatever and be friends? Just because you have differences doesn't mean you can't be friends. So I do, that's awesome. So um you, you talked a little bit about serving in the community and stuff. So why is it important for you personally to be part of the community?
2: It's important for me to be a part of the community because I feel like there was so many people that helped me along the way and that filled that gap's those gaps for my parents there were people like coach hill and monumental people in our community that simply rode around giving out food that rode around giving out hugs that took us to you know our different practices um summer hill in cartersville georgia it's a community like no other like the gaps are filled whatever a child is in need of or whatever the case may be, even as adults, they still fill the gap. And I just always wanted to pay it for it. Because if it wasn't for those people, you know, lifting me up and helping me get to the next level, then I wouldn't be where I am today.
1: That's awesome. I haven't shared my story on the show since I've been doing this show one day I might but that's exactly why I do what I do because the community was there for me on some instances that that happened. So um, all right, so let's go and talk about you mentioned some things that you do you got the the prom dress giveaway you talked about the food but what all other things do you guys do as an organization
2: so we have our program, um, our service summer camp. We bring the youth together during the summer, one, to keep them out of trouble, but also to teach them import- the importance of giving back. We take them to the police station because there is a gap sometimes. We want the police to know who they are, and we want them to know who the police are. There were some kids that were, like, terrified to go in because of their own experiences, but we were able to bridge that gap. Um, we took them to the nursing home to show them you treat everybody the same. We played bingo. The elderly loved it. They loved it. Um, We did road cleanups to tell them the importance of, you know, keeping our community clean and positively impacting our community. And we also just do fun things like take them swimming, have cookouts and everything like that. Um, We do our Blankets of Love drive during the winter to where we collect blankets. And then we go into the homeless communities, the tent communities in the woods and hand out blankets and self-care kits and things of that nature. Um, but we also collaborate and simply serve other nonprofits. You know, we believe in community, we believe in giving back, and we don't believe in just supporting our own programs, but also being there for other nonprofits
1: and there's that word I like collaborate because you don't collaborate over competition is what buddy of mine Bob Brooks talks about all the time so that's a, that's a great word so i know when we did a, an article on you several years ago you guys were doing a 3 on 3 basketball tournament right do you guys still do that
2: yes we have our charity basketball tournament and we bring the community out so we bring them together for a great time We pack out the gym on Summer Hill and we, of course, bring them there for a positive experience and who's the best basketball player or whatever the case may be. But in that we are collecting funds to be able to help their neighbor, you know, be able to afford Christmas and um, toys and Thanksgiving, whatever the case may be, and whatever they are in need of. But we really pride ourselves in bringing the community together and being able to support each other and not just us. So even if it's $5 or even if it's a gift at the door, um, we love bringing our community together to support one another.
1: And I like how you just mentioned it in front because I I know people, it's like, well, I can only give a dollar. Well, a dollar goes a long way. So. That's awesome. Well, you you talked about a little bit about uh, what you guys do. How can people in the community get involved and help you guys?
2: They can visit org, and they can also reach us at 678-719-2212. But we love having people help us out, whether it's a big or small way. We have, last year we had 500 girls sign up for our free prom dress giveaway. So we need as many hands as possible and our events are love filled and they're great and anybody can come help. I know sometimes people feel like I'm not in a position to help. I'm not this. I'm not that, but we. Every, we need everybody's help.
1: Well, even if you're not financially positioned position to help, you can go volunteer.
2: Absolutely. You know,
1: um, how about businesses? Is there a way for businesses to get behind you and do sponsorships and stuff like that?
2: We definitely need businesses to sponsor us. But even if they can't financially sponsor us, we need drop-off locations for our toys. We need drop-off locations for our prom dresses and everything like that. So that's where... That's where the businesses come in, because sometimes I was driving from Tennessee to Woodstock to Rome to pick up dresses. So if we have those central locations where people can just come and drop off those donations and we do, you know, a once a month pickup or something like that, then that's super helpful for our board to be able to, you know, put our efforts in other places.
1: Uh, so how about the networking aspect? Are you able to get out and do any networking?
2: Absolutely. We love going to networking event. We host pop-up shops for different nonprofits and community events. We help out with the Black History Parade in town. Um, we host a June, we help with the Juneteenth celebration, bringing business on owners- Owners together and you know, we we thrive off of the networking because we all need each other Everybody knows somebody that can help with one program that can help in a bigger small way even with this radio show now like just meeting through the chamber you know we're able to get our word and our mission out even more so we love networking invite us out um we would love to come spread love at your event and we would love to help out in any way that we can as well
1: do you have a specific story of networking you can share that might have been a positive thing for you
2: I would say our Bells of the Ball event, some girls say it's better than prom for them, honestly. Um, And we have vendors that come out to that event and they just leave so blessed. They cry the whole time We, because the girls have to walk the red carpet. And some of these girls have never had that moment. Some of these girls have attempted suicide, have been raped, have just they've been through so much in life. So for them to have that moment for all eyes and ears to be on them and for the whole entire room to celebrate them and these vendors pour back into them even if it's just giving hygiene kits, even if it's giving nail kits or earrings or shoes or whatever to make their prom day even better. So me being able to see the vendors Just be able to contribute to this mission and be so happy about it and want to start their own prom dress giveaway in a different area and stuff like that really is, you know, heartwarming.
1: What I liked about when you when you answered my question about the networking events, you talked about all different kind of events and not just. A business club because people don't think about networking at an event, and that is true networking at other events. So uh I'm gonna share with you, you may not know about this, but if you do, you need to come. And Carla and Glenn, you guys are welcome to come too. But every Wednesday morning from eight to nine thirty is the Carsville Business Club. We meet at Unity Worship Center Center. Sixty to fifty, sixty people there every Wednesday morning. I guarantee you come, you're gonna get some support for you. So you should come check that out. We're there every Wednesday morning. So
2: Awesome. Um
1: uh, all right. So you uh, started your nonprofit. You said back in college, give right. some give somebody advice on who might be listening. Carla mentioned some stuff. But if somebody's thinking about a nonprofit, what would advice would you give them?
2: I would say just go for it. I feel like sometimes people feel like they have to be in certain positions again to help people, but I unofficially started my nonprofit by giving away dresses in high school before I knew what a 501c3 nonprofit was. I started my nonprofit by starting the student organization before I knew what a 501c3 nonprofit was. So I would just say start, start with a small give back event see what needs that need to be met in the community and kind of do that research to see again, if other organizations are already fulfilling that mission, but you know, follow your heart and your purpose. We all have a purpose here on earth and find something that's connected to your purpose because you will never get tired of doing it.
1: Um. So you mentioned some of the events that you, do you have anything coming up that you want to share?
2: We have our charity basketball tournament, December 10th, um, at Summer Hill. And you can find out more, again, at lovetravelsinc.org.
1: Awesome. Carla, I didn't ask you, but do you guys have any events coming up you wanted to share?
2: Um, We have one of our –
0: we we pick a day where we will go into a particular community and um, just do a blitz of smoke alarms. And so we're going to be in Dawsonville on December the 10th. And um, we'll bring community volunteers together if you want to come – take a beautiful drive over to Dawsonville or you live in that area, come join us because we will, we will show you what to do. We will get into teams, and we will literally go knock on doors and put up smoke alarms for the community that day. So you can find more information about that particular event on our website again and on our Facebook and social media pages, Georgia Red Cross.
1: All right. Uh, Scotland, you got a Facebook page as well?
2: Yes, our Facebook is Love Travels 101.
1: Okay. Okay. So if you guys want something to do on December 10th, you got two opportunities there to go do something and and either have fun, have fun, volunteer, whatever you want to do. So Scotland, thanks for coming and sharing a little bit about you and your organization. Don't go anywhere because we're we're not done either with you, but we're going to move over to Mr. Glenn Carver author speaker. Uh, I know you're no stranger to the area here. You just had a big um, event where you talked about adversity. Uh, you have your own podcast and, uh, you, I just heard a little bit of your story. I'm so not even going to try to talk about it. I want you to share your story because you're still dealing with adversity, but you're talking about how you're dealing with it.
3: Sure. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm a huge fan of the late, grade Jim Rohn. And uh, Jim Rohn was Tony Robbins' original mentor. And uh, Jim Rohn said in one of his uh, – he gave one of his great uh, public seminars back in the 80s. And after the seminar, somebody walked up to him, one of his fans and students, and said, Mr. Rohn, in your opinion – What is the business climate going to look like for the next three to five years, which is a wonderful question. And he said in his classic uh, tonality, he said, well, he said, it's going to be the same. It's been for the past 10,000 years. Adversity with a chance of opportunity. So I love that, uh, that, that paradigm. We're all going to deal with adversity. I don't care who you are. You're going to have adversity either in your personal life, your professional life, maybe both. We only have one life, so let's just throw it all in together. There is adversity on the way, and how you frame the adversity that, uh, that ascends upon you will literally dictate the quality of your life. So I'm all about, uh, for the rest of my life, you know, praise God, I'm still here. Uh, for the rest of my life, I'm all about uh, helping people move through adversity and finding the opportunity and maybe even the advantage of, in the adversity because that's where all opportunity lies is hidden within the adversity. You know, all of our growth happens outside of our comfort zone, not within our comfort zone.
1: Right. Do you mind sharing your story of of what the, you know, I mean, I was told about what was going on. Do you mind sharing?
3: Yeah, of course. So early Sunday morning, August 15th, 2021, my life changed forever. Um, my wife, had recovered from COVID the week before. Uh, she was sleeping upstairs in our bedroom. I was sleeping downstairs on the couch. I wasn't in the doghouse. We were just trying to be responsible. And uh, early Sunday morning, she heard some strange noises coming from me downstairs. So she walked out of the bedroom she, and she looked over the uh, the railing at me on the couch and she thought I was having a bad dream. I had my arms out in front of me, kind of playing this uh, virtual piano, if you will, I was making these really loud exhaling noises like that. And she thought I was just having a nightmare. And she started yelling, Glenn, Glenn, are you okay? Glenn, wake up. And I didn't respond. So she came downstairs and started shaking me and I didn't respond. And that's when she became kind of concerned. Eventually she got me out of my state of mind and uh, got my dead weight literally off of the couch and got me to the, Car and she took me up to Northside Cherokee Hospital, which was 12 minutes from where we live, and um, dropped me off at the emergency room and um, went to park the car. When she came back, I was already back uh, being seen and evaluated and um, was quickly diagnosed with uh, COVID, double pneumonia, just one's not good enough. Mm-hmm. Single pneumonia is easy, got to go for double. Mm-hmm. That means in both lungs. Right. And a blood oxygen level of 45. Mm. Now, if you don't know what, I didn't know what 45 meant, you know, uh, I've since learned that 90 is low, 45 is is death. 45 is organ failure, it's potential cognitive damage. And one of the technicians uh, shortly told my wife that that was the lowest blood oxygen level they had ever seen. And she said, you mean during COVID? And he said, no, in the history of this hospital. So, you know. Miracle number one is that uh, my wife didn't sleep in and I could have died in my sleep that day. So fast forward, um, ended up spending 96 days in the ICU. Um, I survived the full COVID protocol from remdesivir, which I will not get in my soapbox about that drug right now. Um, I was fully ventilated and, uh, if you got ventilated during COVID, that was a death sentence. Mm -hmm. Um, I went code blue October 16th of 21. My ventilator came off of my tracheostomy, stopped breathing, heart stopped beating. I was effectively dead. Thank God, my favorite ICU nurse, Lucas Urea, who will be on my podcast this month, former army medic. Um, He was right down the hall, knock on wood. He was right down the hall. He came in and hit the code blue alarm. Code blue means all hands on deck. Somebody's about to die. And uh, he came in and started three rounds of compression on me. And literally, uh, some of us know the great song by Motley Crue, Kickstart My Heart. Mm -hmm. Lucas kickstarted my heart and um, brought me back to life. And, you know, by the grace of God, survived. uh, I mean, everybody, Brian, in that ICU died. Wow. Everybody. As a matter of fact, Lucas said in the two and a half years that he spent as an ICU nurse in the hospital, he saw three people three go through the entire COVID protocol protocol from remdesivir through the ventilator and three left the ICU outside of a body bag. Wow. So that story to me is kind of like you hear the story of the commercial airliner that crashes and two or 300 people die and two or three people walk away. Think well. I think I feel obligated to share something powerful <laughs> the rest of my life. Right? Yeah. And so that's, um, That's half the story.
1: Well, keep going because there's more to it. I would love for you to keep going.
3: Yeah. So I started writing a book called The Advantage of Adversity. That's the name of my podcast. It's a video podcast you can see on YouTube. Started writing the book in December of 21 when I got home. And then um, February of 22, went in for a routine colonoscopy. Oh, by the way, I had uh, emergency colon surgery two weeks into the ICU Upper colon burst, internal bleeding, was uh, very close to sepsis. And sepsis can lead to a condition called uh, death. So I had emergency colon surgery, removed 18 inches of my colon, left me bagged. It's supposed to be for 90 days, um, temporary. Then they do a reversal surgery. Went into uh, the hospital February 2nd, 2022 for a routine colonoscopy. They found a the mass in my rectum. Two days later, diagnosed with rectal cancer. So the ICU was the uppercut, cancer diagnosis right hook. But I'm still here. Clearly, I'm here and I'm alive. Right. I'm still. I'm. I'm I'm sitting right in front of you. Yep. Um, I do have the label of stage four, and um, that means it has spread. So it started in my rectum. It's. I got these nodules in my liver. And here's what I'm all about, Brian. That does not fear. That does not scare me at all. I have zero fear. Zero anxiety around that label of stage four. Part of my message is cancer is not a death sentence. It's a big warning light on the dashboard to say you need to make some changes. Uh, One of my coaches has taught me that uh, actually cancer shows up to save your life, not to kill you, to make the changes necessary to get on a different track. And I've done that. But um, yeah, it's been, uh, so I'm healing i 'm um, not out of the woods, but i 'm healing naturally i've still got a port in my chest because I was supposed to start chemo in march of twenty two and i uh, God bless my wife she uh she got the nudge and she dug in and she found the truth again the truth about cancer um and she really dug in and started learning really really fast and the saying is one you know one day you know nothing about cancer the next day you know everything we have learned a lot so we decided um Given the physical state I was in after 96 days in the ICU, if I had, in fact, started chemo in March of last year, it would have killed me. There's no question in my mind I would be dead because a lot of times chemo kills people before cancer. Chemo is poison. It is a derivative derivative of mustard gas from World War II. Now, it does kill cancer cells, but it can kill everything else too. Mm -hmm. It can crush and destroy your immune system. So this is not medical advice. I'm just saying... There are other ways to heal from a chronic disease other than standard of care from our medical industrial complex. So, I'm going the alternative route. My uh, my trifecta of healing is faith, mindset, and nutrition, not chemo, radiation, and surgery. That works for some people. When you get the diagnosis, it's a very personal decision, right? And you got to make a very personal. Uh, plan and decision as to what you feel is best in your heart and in your mind and in your soul. And what I believe, Brian, is that, you know, I know that God spared my life in that ICU. I know it beyond a shadow of a doubt. I'm getting goosebumps right now. So if God did spare my life in that ICU, why would he have me die of cancer a year or two later? That makes no spiritual sense to me. Right. I've got a message. I mean, as a speaker at my core, I'm a speaker. You always want a big story. Yep. I didn't want one this big, right. but I got it. So be careful what you ask for. <laughs> so now I've got this. Uh, I think I've got this incredible platform. Um, this message, my my testimony is huge. But I can um I can speak about the power of moving through adversity because we're all going to face it. Not a matter of if, but when. And seeing that adversity is an opportunity to grow, an opportunity to find the advantage in the adversity. And that's what I love about, uh, that's what I love about entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurs find advantage in adversity. They solve problems. And I love what you're doing and bringing our community together. It's, you know, one of the main reasons I'm sitting here alive today is prayer from a massive community. And I'll tell you the community that we have here in Cherokee County is awesome. I mean, the community that has supported my family emotionally, and financially over the past two years has been awe-inspiring, totally humbling. And um, I just, uh, I, I, I can't say enough about, there's so much going on in the world that's beyond our control. All we can focus on is our thoughts, what we think, our attitude about the world, and our our, our community, our circle of influence. And it's, right. it's pretty tight. So right.
1: Well, I like that because, uh, personally, I needed to hear your story this morning because I, in my business, I'm currently going through adversity and trying to figure out if the doors are going to stay open. You know, you're not and, alone, brother. Right. But I just, I love the fact that you're out there spreading that word. First of all, I, there's no coincidences. Right. No. And, and, uh, I like, you said God had a purpose for you. And, um, so you were, were you an author and a speaker before all this started?
3: Yes, I, I got into speaking business in 2004. In 2012, I wrote my first book called Stand in the Heat Lessons from Legendary Entrepreneurs on Staying Cool Under Pressure. Um, that, I can sum up that book in three words Don't freak out. Because we all have a chance to freak out pretty much every day. And freaking out does no good. No. Nope. With our kids, our spouses, our colleagues, our clients, you know, our picky, our picky prospects, vendors, freaking out never does any good. But we tend, you know, our, our, our lizard brain, we tend to freak out very quickly. I'm still guilty.
1: Right. So uh, I'd like for you to share maybe a different answer because obviously the community was there for you through your 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 incident, your your procedures and all that. So is there a different answer you can give of why you're a part of the community or is that pretty much the reason?
3: Well, I mean, I love community. I've always been, um, I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a rainmaker and a maniacal hunter. You know, in the professional world, I've I've been in sales and business development my whole life, so I always love the network. And I've got a philosophy. You know, our, our parents taught us when we were kids: don't talk to strangers mm-hmm. for the right reasons. Right. Okay, as adults in the business community, just the opposite: talk to strangers, talk to everybody. And if you followed me around for a day, you would see how. I, I live it. I talk to everybody. And I believe that when you when you meet somebody new, that's why I love being here. I've met three new friends today because mm-hmm. you never know. It's like pulling a lever on a slot machine in Vegas. When you meet somebody new, you never know what you're going to get. Right. You never know who they know. Yep. You may know somebody, Scotland, that could change my life or I could change their life or, you know, you just told me about Michelle Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Mind-boggling story. Yep. So talk to strangers, get into your community, be real, be authentic. And, um, you know, you know, my book stand in the heat is all about helping entrepreneurs move through it. And, uh, cause we're all it, it, just life and business can be mean, tough, and nasty.
1: Right. So it's kind of cool. I, 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 when I was in high school and growing up, I was the shy introvert. And then I decided to go into communications as a major and everybody's like, you got to get them to talk to people. Yeah. I mean, but my dream was to be a sports announcer. Right. But then I got into sales and I've been doing sales and marketing for about 30 plus or a little about 30 years. Uh, and that led into the fundraising part, but everybody's like, I can't believe you're doing sales. And how do you take the no? And it's, this is true, but it's funny. I got used to the no, because in college, every single girl I asked out said no. So you just got to go with it. You're right? prepared. Yeah, exactly. So, um, I'd like for you to maybe give some advice on a couple of things. One, um, anybody who's thinking about starting a business, what would you give them advice on? And then two, anybody who wants to maybe write a book, what would you get advice? Would you give?
3: Okay, starting a business, uh, read a couple books first. The E Myth by Michael Gerber. The E Myth stands for the entrepreneurial myth, and it's the myth that just because you're the best plumber in town, means you can run a business. And those are two opposite worlds. Read the E Myth, and maybe read Traction, um, EOS, Entrepreneur Operating Systems. Mm-hmm. Make sure you know what you're getting into, because we tend to go into things with our with our heart on our sleeve. You got to—I believe—you got to be passionate about what you do, Scotland, or else you're not going to last. Right. Make sure you know. We 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 jump into things. I'm guilty. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a very emotional creature. I'll jump in. I have never suffered paralysis of analysis. I'll just jump in and get beaten up, but, uh, do some homework. Know what you're getting into, have a plan, um, have some money lined up because everything is going to take two or three times as long as you're planning on. And at least twice the money be realistic. You know, people with the entrepreneurial spirit, see a pie in the sky, guilty. Everything's possible. That's me. Uh, My wife is the opposite of me. She grounds me. So sometimes people who were thinking about starting a business need to have somebody come in and offset them, offset all their aspirations with some reality. Get some counsel, get some coaching, get a good coach up front. And then, um, writing a book, incredible experience, one of the best of my life. Um, I've read hundreds of books. I didn't think I could ever write one. And, um, in spite of that, I just I willed it to happen. But I use a, a great company, in Alpharetta called uh, Book Logics, uh, Ahmad and Angela, and they really wa- held my hand and walked me through the process because it was daunting. Um, but I used um, here's an answer for both your questions, Brian. Use emotional leverage on yourself. When I first started writing Stand in the Heat, I had a mock copy, mock copy made up of the book, had the cover. It was 150 pages. Every page was empty. It was a mock-up book. And I would put that book uh, on, on, uh, on, you know, on my mirror. I'd walk around with it. I'd envision it being complete. I even one day took it into Barnes & Noble and put it up on the bestseller shelf. Oh, nice. And backed away. I can feel it right now. I backed away. It was crowded. It was you know not an empty store. And I backed away, and I just stood there and kind of looked at it. And I felt awkward and weird. My armpit started sweating. And then I took a picture of it. I took a picture of my own book on the bestseller shelf. And then I put that out on Facebook. So I put it so far out there that I couldn't retreat. So if I, if I put it that far out there and then I retreat, I'm a liar. I'm an empty suit. So emotional leverage can be really powerful when you're trying to accomplish any kind of goal.
1: That's awesome advice. Thank you. So, uh, you talked about the networking aspect, aspect too. So, but I got first to ask, you talked about the EOS system. Do you know Joshua Kraninsky? I do not. So Joshua's an EOS implementer. Oh, great. And he actually good networks with the Carswell business club. So you know, I can make that connection for you. He's a great, great. guy. So, yes. um, you, you talked about networking. What positive story can you share about your networking experience?
3: Oh my God. There's, um, there's many. I mean, I haven't done as much networking, um, Certainly the past two years, um, I mean, the first year of the hospital, I was just, I was at home surviving, you know, before COVID, I was a maniacal networker. I mean, end of the year, I would, I would look at all the business cards I had. Each December, I'd assess all the business cards I'd collected over the year. And it was, you know, it was four or five inches high. Mm -hmm. Now it's dwindled down to to that size. But um, I believe that every time you go to an event, you're going to, if you meet one person You could go to an event with 3,000 people, or you could go to an event with four people. And if you meet one person and make one connection and follow through and start to develop a relationship and add value to their life or their business, it's worthwhile. So I'm just, I'm a massive advocate of networking, meeting new people, telling your story. We've all got one and just being there out in the world. Somebody once said to me, if you're going to be a, they said to this in the context of real estate, but it applies to anything. You can, if you want to be a great agent at anything in life, you can't be a silent agent. You've got to get out there and generate exposure for yourself.
1: Right. I know you just had an event last week where you were speaking. I know the Woodstock business club, Kenton business club came together and you get, you did something, but do you have anything else coming up? You want to share that you you've got going on.
3: Um, as we wrap up the year, I do not at the moment. Um, so nothing to plug or or promote, but there will be plenty of things coming up in 2024.
1: Awesome. Well, plug how they can find your book and also your podcast.
3: Yeah, my podcast is called Advantage of Adversity. It's on YouTube in video format. We launch with video. It's on all the other platforms uh, in audio form like Spotify and Apple, whatnot. But if you go to YouTube and plug in Advantage of Adversity, I think I've got 13 or 14 episodes out there. We just launched a few months ago. Um, my book is called stand in the heat. My first book, my second book's not finished yet. That'll be a 2024 initiative. And, um, yeah, you can reach me at Glenn at Glencarver.com. Glenn with two N's. The second N is silent.
1: So if somebody wants to have you come speak, that's the best way to get hold of you. And I'm yeah. sure you're open for come speaking for some folks.
3: Absolutely. Uh, cell number is 404 I do free speaking engagements. I love paid speaking engagements. <laughs> Paid pays the bills better than free. Yes, But that's another, you know, even when I do free speaking engagements, something great always happens. It's just, once again, it's exposure. You got to get out there and expose yourself and tell
1: your story. Right. So um, just a little bit, I've got something coming up next week that I want to share. So monthly, I do a trivia show at St. Angela's over in Emerson and I'm rotating the charities currently in Bartow County it's how Carlin Scotland reached out to me because I put an email blast on looking for sponsors for next year uh, that I do that. And while it's interesting, that trivia for the nonprofits has already signed up, filled up. We'll, we'll get you guys and we'll get do something with you guys, too. But um, this coming Wednesday is actually a nonprofit based in Canton called the Experiences Foundation. And they are a mini make a wish meets big brother, big sister type organization. they got an incredible story. So if you want to come, it's six o'clock is when the buffet opens. So for twenty five dollars. You come in six o'clock, have a buffet of all you can eat pizza, wings, pasta, salad, garlic knots, and non alcoholic drinks, um, and then we do trivia, and just put your thinking caps on because people say my trivia is hard, but it's fun. Um, and then we obviously have the money to help; portion of the proceeds go to them. But we're also this month doing a dessert raffle, and I've got several desserts come. So if you, can, if you need a dessert for Thanksgiving. It's just a week away after that. Come get your dessert at the raffle and come have a good time. So, um, all right, as we wrap this up, this is what I'd like to do. I'd like to have each of you share a positive quote, word, or nugget for somebody listening to take the rest of 2023 and beyond with. So, Carla, we'll start with you. What did you got?
0: Um. All right, so what's on my mind uh, is get to yes. So I just finished a leadership course through uh, an internal course through the Red Cross and it was a year-long program. It was phenomenal. Uh, we we were able to work and hear from our national leaders with the Red Cross. You can imagine leading a national organization such as this. It's the, the, the skills and the experience of the folks that are leading this organization is just unreal and to get to learn from them the last year has been incredible but they challenged us to find our own personal leadership motto and that one landed with me, and it was on, uh, I saw it plastered on the walls of a um, disaster headquarters I went to in Louisiana um, probably eight years ago. And the volunteers had started this motto of, we're in this community, folks are devastated by flooding. We've got to find the yes. Even if we don't do that, that's why networking's important. And you think Red Cross is huge. We cannot do what we do alone. We depend on community and organizations and people to do our work. And so I've adopted that. And it's my new leadership motto is just find the will, find the way and
2: get to yes.
1: Awesome. Scotland?
2: I would just encourage people to spread love. The holiday seasons are great for some, but there are people that are out here struggling. I shared that my neighbor committed suicide this time last year um, so you just never know what people are going through people may look nice on the outside hair shoes outfits everything may seem great but everybody is going through something everybody's struggling in some way so if you can be that difference if you can be that change maker in somebody's day in somebody's life I encourage you to do so
1: well, you, that's important to talk about mention too, because you do not know what everybody's going through and you might, talking about, it, they may smile or whatever. When Michelle was on last week, I talked a little bit about, I mean, the two people I can think of i never would have thought committed suicides, Robin Williams and Twitch from the Ellen show, right? You just never know. So, all right, Glenn, I know you spread a lot already, but what you got?
3: Well, you never know you, one of my dearest friends of 20 years took his life last September and uh, to it, Two of the sharpest guys I've known in my life taking their lives, you know, and it's just, you never know what's going on in somebody's heart, their mind, their soul. But what's resonating with me right now is one of my favorite quotes from Martin Luther King in the spirit of this conversation today and what you do, Brian, is everybody can be great or anybody can be great because anyone can serve.
1: Awesome. Well, the other thing that's lost art these days is the thank you. So Carla, thank you for what you're doing with American Red Cross and the community. Scotland, thank you for what you're doing for... Uh, love travels beyond in the community in Bartow and and the West Georgia area. And Glenn, just thank you for sharing your story and being the hope that people have through adversity. If you're a veteran too, and you're out there, thank you for your service. Thank you for your current, if you're currently serving and everybody listening, let's remember, let's be positive. Let's be charitable.